This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Hello erotica connoisseurs, I'm Natalia, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the Erotica Communities podcast. We've been working tirelessly in the heat to try and make more and more content for you, but as usual, our Patreon family comes first. We're planning to bring you the next chapter of the Infidelity Diaries next month, but you can listen to a preview in our secret podcast, Shh, Extra Filth right now. As for this episode, we've got an interview with the star recommendation winning author, Celia McKinley. Filth, the erotic book review, featuring books by Jordan Xavier, Anna Lores, and Penelope Kyle. Plus, a preview of our incredible Patreon offer. Let's start the show with a partial story from the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. And with the looming uncertainty surrounding the virus, there was still a lot of people content to remain indoors. I jumped at the chance to follow Patrick to his hotel. Also, I really liked the husky, masculine sound of his voice. Once in his hotel suite, Patrick poured me a glass of wine from a bottle he had sitting in an ice bucket. Immediately, he got into industry talk, which included numerous compliments about my voice. Unexpectedly, I was surprised to find that Patrick was well-versed in my music, despite my career as an artist only being in its infancy. Sharing his visions, He hoped he could persuade me to participate in further rallies and events. As we grew more comfortable, we edged closer. In one instant, our eyes locked together moments before our lips followed suit. His lips were soft, just as I expected. Hungrily, I kissed him, gripping my fingernails into the flesh of his back. Passion took over and continued to intensify when he lifted me. His hands cupped my buttocks, carrying me to the suite's bedroom. Patrick lowered me gently onto the bed, allowing me to unbutton his shirt instantly. I felt his chest against my palms. He reached for his trousers as I admired his body, taut and muscular. When he unleashed the brim of his blue underwear, I finally glimpsed at his throbbing erection, which appeared to be thicker and more menacing than my past lover's. Its veins pulsed with urgency as I released it to take my top off, while Patrick tugged on my waistband to relieve me of my pants. I slipped out of them hungrily. He looked ferocious as he took in the sight of my body. 
One palm found the back of my head, helping me down to the pillow. He kissed me, driving his tongue deep into my mouth before drifting down to my chin, throat, and finally, my nipples. Teasing the teats, he sucked my nipples before proceeding down to my navel. Finally, Patrick yanked down my panties slowly, spreading my legs apart. I encouraged him to lick me, and he did so eagerly. Patrick's eager tongue traveled around my clit before licking intensely with light-sucking motions. Arching my frame, I moaned as his tongue became more vicious in exploring my body. Shockingly, his tongue found my juicy opening and wiggled against it. After making me shiver, I felt Patrick's long, broad fingers thrust into me, fast and deep, pandering to my G-spot. His thumb rubbed the hood over my clit, making my legs buckle uncontrollably. Appearing satisfied with his work, he elevated my legs on his shoulders. Skillfully, he slipped his dick into a condom with one hand and eased it into me. He penetrated me slowly, keeping his eyes on mine. I felt every inch of his girthy cock fill me. He was big, much bigger than Jamie's. My thighs trembled as he kept it there, not even thrusting. You feel as good as you taste, he said. I moaned in response, his deep and precise pumps, each hitting the deepest parts of me. Instantly, I could tell that Patrick had a rare skill. The way he moved his hips, the way he thrust into me. Something was different. In just a few thrusts, I was sent over the edge. Pleasure overtook my body in an intense orgasm. Patrick seemed unstoppable, even after my orgasm. His thrusts became firmer as he pushed into me. Leaning down to suck on my breasts, Patrick grabbed my waist and picked me up, spinning me so that we faced the same direction. He kneeled behind me and pulled my legs apart. He thrust deep inside of me again, and the warm sensation grew. A mix of pleasure and pain grew. My moans turned to screams, and I was in the midst of another orgasm. My thighs were suddenly engulfed in an irresistible paralysis. Your pussy feels heavenly he said before grabbing my waist tightly. He moved back and forth before a gruff sound escaped. I sensed him erupting inside of me as he came. God, I love this pussy, he said, pulling out before his erection went utterly flaccid. For some reason, I rolled to take his condom off his slightly limp penis, rewarding it with light kisses and a tongue swirl. I was satisfied, yet still craving more. Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this. I then checked Holly's account. She had tweeted something obnoxious five minutes ago. 
Now she's trying to sell her brand at a protest. I want to throw up. Hashtag no appetite. I felt inclined to reply, but I knew that was probably what she wanted. Instead, I posted my- We're now on Patreon. Our offer is fantastic. You'll get access to all our literary lovesick audiobooks for a price that is comparable to a single ebook. You can end your subscription at any time, and you'll still be able to keep your books. We also have more exclusive content, and even the option to put your character in our books. Head over there now and get your first glimpse of the newest title in Season 2 of the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. The full audio and several other audiobooks can be found on our Literally Lovesick Patreon page. Links can be found in the description. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Hot erotica to look out for. Hurts So Good by Elena Nix. There's a fine line between pleasure and pain, and Hurts So Good puts that to the ultimate test. These three sizzling stories are not for the faint of heart. A dangerous game of sex and submission in the woods. A young girl corrupted by two older men who will do anything for, and to, her. A teasing teacher's dark fantasies become a brutally arousing reality. Read them all, if you dare. Links can be found in the description. This is Devlin Wild from the Wild and Mad Erotic Stories Podcast. And you're listening to all the filthy details. Celia McKinley wowed us on our last episode, Towels, with her incredible erotic book, The Blue Book Diaries. We're thrilled to have her here for you today. Hello, Celia. Hi there, and thank you so much for having me. You captured our imagination with your star recommendation winning title, The Blue Book Diaries which is the first book in your Crimes of Passion series. How would you describe this book and series to those unfamiliar with the title? I'm so glad you liked it. Well, Blue Book Diaries is part of a collection. It's called Crimes of Passion, which aims to explore the erotic fantasy and sometimes the painful reality of non-consent in a healthy way. While some of them dove deeper into overcoming abuse, others like Blue Book Diaries and The Boys Next Door are more lighthearted, sits positive romps. Blue Book Diaries in particular is about Zach and Rena, a couple who star in a trio of Crimes of Passion stories and their weekly tabletop dating sessions. Rena's character Eleanor is captured by the villains, and her friends suggest that she writes a blue book, which is a private story about what's happening to her character off-screen. Rena takes the opportunity to share some of her private fantasies with Zach by leading their gaming story in a very steamy new direction. At a glimpse, you appear to be a prolific writer, with several books and a growing mailing list that promises to provide subscribers with new stories each month. With such an extensive catalog, why did you feel compelled to submit the Blue Book Diaries? Oh, what ball was my mind? Between Amazon, Smashwords, and Google Play, there are now over 40 titles, and with next month's releases, they'll cross the big 5-0 milestone. I had no idea how long these stories might last, but it turns out there are quite a few of them. I adore Rena and Zach as a couple, and Blue Book Diaries is, in its own way, a sweet and wholesome story about how erotic fantasy can bring people closer together. There are layers of intrigue between the modern setting and fantasy game, Eleanor's erotic adventure and the way she reclaims her power are a thrill, 
and Rin and Zack have a very fun, playful chemistry. I think it best sums up the theme of Dreadful Desire, which is safe exploring taboo fantasies. One of the most compelling aspects of your style is summed up in a beautiful promise of a mission statement to the reader. To simplify the assurance of what we can expect, it's basically all the explicit sex without vulgarity. Taboo, but not degrading. What compelled you to make these commitments to your readers? And how important do you think it is that non-vulgar, non-toxic erotica exists? It's immensely important and something that seems to have been lost over the past few decades. I'm a child of the 90s, but I grew up reading books and seeking peeks at erotic films from the 1960s and 70s. And it was often the poetic quality that made the sex feel transcendent, that even at its most forceful and transgressive, never felt degrading. The focus remained on the heroine's irresistible beauty. Her enthusiasm for the sex was presented as a liberation. Somewhere along the way, that tone changed, and porn, especially internet porn, really became about men hurting women about putting them in their place. Sex became something ugly and sleazy instead of beautiful. It's as if the people who hated sex were now in charge of it. I want to take that bodice ripper fantasy from them and make it beautiful, make it ours again. Based on us reading the Blue Book Diaries, we were wondering if you write any other genres, such as romance or fantasy, under this or another pen name? Thank you, that's very flattering. I haven't yet, but urban fantasy is one of my favorite genres, and it's something I'm hoping to venture into soon under another pen name. And quite a few readers have asked me about making the jump to romance novels. That may come in time, but romance can be a very intricate genre, and I still have a lot to learn about all its ins and outs. One of the most fascinating things as a writer is the lack of feedback you get on your books regarding reviews. How valuable is getting feedback to you? Were you confident that your book was going to be well-received? Oh, absolutely not. The tricky thing about writing is that, as the author, you can never read your own story for the first time. We wrote the story, so things like suspense, foreshadowing, and character development are completely lost on us. The readers get to see all of it from a very different perspective. It's like performing a magic trick. Only the people in the audience know if it really worked. So I'm very grateful to receive feedback and to know if the story really came together for the readers. What does the future hold? What are you working on next? At the moment, there are two ongoing fantasy erotica series, both of which started last year as part of the Dreadford Zyre Supernatural Collection. The first is the Fallen Sky series, about a post-apocalyptic war between humans and angels. It just concluded this past month. From an erotica perspective, the story revolves around the very central joining of angels and humans, with the angels being not so much winged people as unimaginable cosmic beings. The other series, which will have a new story each week next month, is The Ghost Country Cycle, a modern-day urban fantasy about the adventures of an owl woman, a spirit detective, and a lonely ghost on the road together. There's kinky supernatural sex, a secret society led by scheming villains, and a heroic trio who are very near and dear to my heart. Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? Since Blue Book Diaries was featured last month, I thought an excerpt from a later story about Rena and Zack might be in order. This comes from Behind the Blindfold, a sequel that explores Rena's memories of their relationship over the course of a mysterious bondage session. The cheeks of her ass still throbbed with a dull, steady ache. She imagined a dozen faded red handprints covering the pale bronze flesh like a crime scene photo, her nerves still faintly glowing beneath each one, remembering this slap and that one 
and the other one. And now those same cruel hands caressed and cherished her firm breasts, lathering them with the smooth, slick lotion and coaxing her sensitive nipples into a sharper, jutting hardness between his rolling thumbs and forefingers. The feelings melted into each other, ice suffusing a warm tropical sea, clear and delicate chimes against a droning hum, fading pain and building pleasure melded into something else that she couldn't put into words, something sharp and singular. His finger drew a slow ring around her right nipple, and every nerve sang with the feeling of it. Rena bit her lip now to keep from breaking the rules again. She couldn't trust her breathless moans to not turn into words. She pressed her thighs together, then her knees, and then crossed her ankles to grind her legs against each other, to revel in the subtle friction of her inner thighs, rubbing around her gleaming, desperately eager sex. His palms lifted her breasts and rolled them against each other, and then his fingers flicked back and forth across her nipples with a steady metronome cadence. He spread his hands over each smooth, tawny mound, massaging the lotion into them, smothering her engorged nipples beneath his kneading palms and she breathed out a litany of muffled, meaningless pleas through her clenched teeth, her voice keeping pace with each squeeze of his palms, with each bounce of her hips, with each swing of her crossed legs. Then his lips closed around her left nipple and drew it into his mouth, pressed it against the tip of his tongue, and the whole world collapsed into the singularity of that flitting touch and then it exploded into incandescent bliss, into a swelling, luminous sea of ecstasy that swept upward between her clenched petals to melt into the pleasure of his lips, kissing and sucking her nipples, to leave her thrashing, groaning, and then panting hard, trying to catch her breath. She'd never climaxed from the touch of her breasts, she hadn't thought it was possible. And with a brush of his fingers through the loose, sweaty length of her hair and a kiss across her gleaming brow, Rena's captor vanished into the darkness again, leaving just the sound of her heaving breath. She rested and tried to gather her thoughts enough to start counting again and tried not to think about Zack, where he was right now how it all started. Do you read erotica? If so, which erotica authors do you think we should be keeping a keen eye out for? What kind of erotica do they write? Not as much as I should, at least when it comes to modern erotica. There's Anna Eastneen's Delta of Venus from 1977, though stories were written back in the 40s, and John Cleland's Fanny Hill, or Memoirs of a Woman's Pleasure from 1748. I have some catching up to do. But there are two erotic authors that I've come to know and greatly admire for their detailed stories and expensive settings. The first is Paragonis Vaughn, who's had a breakout hit lately with their Xenofestation series of sci-fi horror erotica. 
it isn't for everyone. Some of the sex involves a blob monster and a giant praying mantis, but there's also a dystopian sided rival in a mainstream novel, some size of political satire, and a very ambitious narrative. Another writer who really elevates erotica into literary form is Yancy Bao, who I believe has also been interviewed by all the filthy details. They write erotica stories set in a fantasy world that's inspired by African folklore. It's a vividly imaginative setting, at every bit the equal of Westeros or Middle Earth, with refreshing idealism and a wry sense of humor. How can we follow Celia McKinley on social media? You can find me on Twitter at, at McKinleyBooks, that's the ad symbol, N-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y-B-O-O-K-S, and lately on Medium.com as Celia McKinley which features daily updates and a growing number of stories that are available to read with a monthly subscription, is sort of my answer to Kindle Unlimited without the exclusivity. There's also the website and newsletter, which isn't quite social media, but does keep you up to date on new and upcoming releases, and offers a free monthly story to subscribers. That's www.dreadfuldesire.com, all one word. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for a wonderful podcast. Take care. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) For those interested in Celia McKinley, not only do we do an uncensored review of all three books she was pitted against on the last episode of our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Shh, Extra Filth, but we also have a naughty interview due to air on our next secret podcast. Join us for deep dives, stories, and website reviews. Links can be found in the description. If you haven't done so already, click on our Twitter profile and subscribe to our Twitter-integrated online mailing list for previews, exclusive looks, and details on special offers. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) Let's hand you over to Filth, the erotic book review. Hello, erotica connoisseurs. Once again... This is Filth, the erotic book review, and we've got three hot erotica titles to scrutinize with the assistance of my co-host and our most recent star recommendation winning author, Celia McKinley. Lots to get through, so let's get started with our first book, The Wedding Trip by Jordan Xavier. Scarlet's grunts were high in pitch as her sensitive tunnel took him again and again. Her pretty feet lifted into the air and she spread her legs wider and wider as the tingling inside her built. Her voice was vibrating as he pounded into her so hard that it kept knocking a bit of wind out of her. The buzzing continued to increase. She raised her small feet high in the air, toes spread apart. Her feet flailed back and forth as her legs were up in a perfect V. He was crushing his naked body against hers as he pistoned in and out of her at full speed. She grunted, breaking the kiss. She was unable to contain the volume as the orgasm exploded violently inside her. Never before had she come so much. Wave after wave of intense pleasure washed through her as her vagina spasmed. Her legs slammed down on him. 
heels hitting his lower back as she tried to handle the orgasm. That wonderful manhood was pounding into her so deep that it overwhelmed her. She squeezed her legs around him, trying to get some mercy as she came and came. Rovan was tight against her, but he could still see her pretty face as she orgasmed. She was wincing, her voice squealing. Her legs were trying to slow him down, but he was six foot three and two hundred pounds of muscle. He thrust into Scarlet's tight essence, as if her legs weren't on him at all. <laughs> Scarlet squeaked, still wincing. That was when he felt hot liquid splatter on his balls and upper thighs. She was trembling, her face thrashing back and forth, and he was certain that multiple orgasms were a new thing for her. It excited him to know that he was the one introducing them to her. His balls were starting to churn as her snug tunnel squeezed every inch of his engorged pole. His shaft was hypersensitive, and he could feel everything very vividly. She was milking him as he darted in and out of her. He kissed at her neck, sucking on the flesh as he let his orgasm build. He lengthened his thrusts, loving how her womanhood glided up and down most of his penis. She started moaning again in his ear, and her voice was incredibly sexy. Oh, mm, oh, oh. Her whining was quiet as she somehow managed to keep the volume down. He sucked on another spot of her neck as his pistoning tool barely held off his orgasm. Her ass was bouncing off the bed, rebounding her up to meet his thrusts. Rovin reached deep within himself and found another gear. He fucked Scarlet at a furious pace for the next half minute, barely hanging on. Mm, 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 mm. Scarlet was a whimpering ragdoll, legs loosely bouncing off his ass as he jackhammered her into the bed. Her orgasm never really went away. She was right on the edge of bliss as that gigantic penis slid into her aching core again and again. But then suddenly, he pulled out of her. The big man grunted, and she felt hot, sticky liquid hit just beneath her chin. Mmm, Rovan grunted, taking his arousal in his hand in time to feel it jerk rapidly. The next shot arced high, landing just beneath her right breast and stringing down to her navel. His ejaculating penis was squirting load after load of hot semen, and it was pooling in her belly button. Then as the orgasm slowed, his cum started to pour out of him and onto her lower belly, just above her shaved pussy. He moaned again, his fist milking his long cock. It dripped semen onto his fingers and onto her skin just beside her thick labia. He collapsed beside her, gasping for breath. Scarlet was still out of breath herself, naked chest rising and falling quickly. Cum was strung across her torso from under chin, down across her breast, to the puddle that was in her belly button. At its core, the wedding trip is a risky cheating erotica with interracial elements thrown in. 
The sex scenes are written lengthy but remain compelling. Blade's Fertile Virgin by Anna Lors. Colin could wake up any minute, I said. It's naked day, Blade shrugged. One day when he's older, he'll figure out what we were doing. But right now, he might require a quick explanation of you needing me to make sure you're complying with the rules. He didn't respond to your moans or exclamations. That was so naughty. I leaned back and let the water coat my body as he shoved his big cock inside me all the way. Yeah, and so worth it. Are you sore? He asked as he thrust in and out of me. Nothing hurts today. It all feels good. I cupped my boobs. Did Colin's mom breastfeed him at all? No. She handed him over to me and I haven't heard from her since. My friend's wife took him to her breast for the first several months. She had kept up her milk supply after she finished breastfeeding her kids by taking on babies whose mothers either couldn't nurse or who didn't have mothers. She offered me a taste to see what Colin was getting. What did your friend say about that? I massaged my tits and played with my nipples. I wanted to breastfeed my children. I wish I could have fed Colin. Did you do it? My voice lowered and sounded unsteady. My pussy squeezed his cock. Can you tell I want you to suck my tits? Would you suck my tits if they were filled with milk? He was there and encouraged me to do it. I sucked her tits for a while and then placed Colin in her arms. He went after it like a champ. We were all so proud. He slowed his glide in and out. She actually offered her tits to me every day while she was Colin's wet nurse. She cried when Colin started eating baby food, but she took on another newborn, and then a few men and women in the company who had been sick with the flu. I closed my eyes and slid my fingers over the peaks of my tits. Did you suck her tits often? What did it taste like? Probably about twice a week. He sucked in a breath and his cock pushed hard, all the way to the end of my channel. I gasped as he nailed the spot that sent my head spinning and my body coiling. I pulled up and gripped his broad shoulders. He thrust and I bounced. The water splashed all around us. He captured my gaze and locked it. Her milk was sweet and creamy, and I liked it. I sucked a different wet nurse's tits on Monday. I imagined them being yours and emptied each tit. I sucked harder and longer on them, forcing them to fill so I could drain them again. My belly was full and I went back to her at the end of the day. She let down her top and I sucked them dry again. The confession of his actions and desires turned me on. I wanted to watch him suck on another woman's tits. I wanted him at my breasts, sucking, drinking, tasting the milk I would give our children. I wanted to taste it too. I wanted to expand my world, satisfy my curiosity, 
and open avenues of sexual exploration with his encouragement and support. Blade, yes. My entire body vibrated with energy like it was charged with a new, more potent power source. I bounced and my tits slapped against his chest as I countered his thrusts. The water sluicing between our legs, sliding over my clit and smacking my tits, sent me over the edge. I want you to do that to me. I want you to suck my tits, I shouted. My body exploded with electricity. My skin buzzed and my belly thrummed with bliss. My pussy rippled around his cock and I needed him to keep fucking me. Don't stop. Keep going. Fill me. Fill me. He clenched his teeth and a roar flowed from his mouth, vibrating my body as his cock jerked and the liquid heat spurted inside me. Daddy? Colin shouted. Blade panted and swallowed hard. He thrust in short, rapid bursts, emptying his load of cum. I'm here, buddy. Emma and I are playing naked games. Sleep, buddy. We'll be quiet. This is a coming-of-age romantic erotica with heavy impregnation and pregnancy fetishes thrown in. Think the guy who does the babysitter in a porn, but then add that he's in it for the long haul. Wife Watching a Hot Wife Voyeur Adventure by Penelope Kyle From somewhere behind, she heard his wife on the computer saying, Oh yes, suck my husband's cock. And she felt herself melting inside. She's watching? Oh shit. Taylor hadn't counted on that. And she thought of Patrick. Was he watching? (laughs) Of course he was. There was no stopping now. She'd left her phone in her office, and unless she came screaming down to her office and kicked in the door, this was happening. That thought made her kind of hot, too, but she decided to just convince herself that he loved it and go all in. She went to work on his rod aggressively. She wasn't just pleasuring this guy. She wanted to consume him. She plunged downward on him, felt him near her throat squeezed her lips and tongue tight, and raised back up off of him. She heard him groan and felt his fingers gently drift through her hair. She waited for it, and then felt him nudge her down again. He was gentle. She was firm. She felt his swollen head touch her throat. He nudged again, respectfully. She moved farther down. She took him as far as deep as she could. He filled her. Her pussy ached to be touched. She reached and did it herself. His swollen cock throbbed in her mouth and her pussy lips trembled at her fingertips. She worked him methodically and vigorously up and down. The best blowjob tip she'd ever gotten was from an ex-boyfriend. He told her, most of us just want wet sloppy hand jobs into your mouth. It had mostly proven true. She built up a layer of spit and let it slide from the sides of her mouth down a shaft. Her other hand glided, slip-slided, up and down quickly. It was working, and fast. Matt pulled back a little. <laughs> no way, she thought. She wanted to swallow him up. 
I want you to come, she gasped out quickly and then wrapped him up again. She felt the ridges in his skin on her tongue. She felt the power in his hips as he held back his urge to thrust deep into her. She felt the pulse underneath as his pleasure arrived. She felt the warm, wet liquid shoot out and fill up her eager mouth. She sucked it out of him as fast as he could spray it. Oh, fuck, she heard from above. Knuckles tightened in her hair. His whole body was rigid and pulsing. She let him slide gingerly from her lips. A thin line of spit stretched briefly from his tip to her tongue and then snapped off. She licked her lips and stared into his eyes. She saw awe and gratitude in them, but a carnal lust as well. He reached and took her hand, the fingers she'd only just been touching herself with. I need to taste you, he said with a smile as he took her fingers into his mouth. His tongue was soft and hot, and her fingers seemed to melt inside him. I hope you're going to return the favor, Jessica's voice from the computer said sharply. Taylor had forgotten she was watching. And Patrick? Holy shit, what was he thinking? I need to taste you, Matt said again. He moved quickly and pulled Taylor up. He sat her on his desk and went to his knees. He was fast to action. Nimble fingers pulled her top open without tearing a button. Taylor pulled her own bra off and Matt's hands groped her with intensity. He understood how hot she was and didn't beat around any bushes. He plunged his face quickly and deeply into her wet flesh. His lips cupped her like he was biting into a peach and didn't want to lose a drop. He suckled at her clit. His tongue flattened out wide between her wet lips and danced at the edge of her opening. Holy fuck, it felt good. She'd never felt like this in all her life. She fell back hard. Her shoulders hit the desk, back arched, tits pointed up. Her head fell backward over the edge. Her world was upside down. That tongue, those lips, his warm breath. She pawed at her own tits and pinched her nipples hard. Taylor looked up from her position, scanned the ceiling. There. That tiny little white circle with the black dot. She stared straight into it. She writhed on his desk. Her hips rocked against his face. Was Patrick watching? Was he seeing this? What does he think? She stared into the camera deeply desperately trying to see her husband on the other side. She talked to him in her head. Do you like this? This man sucking and licking my wet pussy. Oh, fuck, Patrick, do you love it? I love it. I'm going to come harder than ever. Do you see it? Matt's tongue slipped over the edge and fell sharply inside of her. A sharp bolt of electricity fired to all her extremities as his lip raked over her clit on the way down. Oh, God. Taylor bellowed without slightest thought to the office workers on the other side of the door. She was in ecstasy. 
She had almost no awareness left to muster. She couldn't even feel that it was his tongue any longer. Just a white-hot ball of burning pleasure that seemed to fill the space between her clit and the inside of her pussy. It radiated heat and power to her nipples, like she was being electrified from within. The only focus she could maintain was on that tiny camera lens. She gazed into it, her eyes locked on while her body stretched and contorted and convulsed beyond her control. She came, hard and quickly. Her hips bucked, her back tightened, her mouth dropped open. Her eyes held their gaze. Oh God, yes, fuck! She shook on the desk as shockwaves shot out in all directions. Yes, 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 oh, oh! She tensed, tightened. Her body went stiff as the last pleasure shock rocked her core. She held still for what seemed like forever, trying to crest that wave. She grimaced and groaned, and still she stared into the camera. And then she collapsed. How long did she lay there across Matt's desk? Minutes? Moments? She didn't know. Her head was dizzy. She looked up, sat up, buttoned up. Matt smiled at her and kissed her. It wasn't romantic or sweet. It was just a final act of sharing sex. Taylor tasted herself on his tongue and wondered if he tasted himself on hers. Thanks, she said sheepishly. My pleasure, he helped her up. We, uh, probably better get back to work, huh? <laughs> probably, he laughed. A woman curious about her hot work colleague's sexual activities while on duty goes the extra mile to surveil his actions. What started with accidentally overhearing familiar sexual sounds quickly escalates into using listening devices and tracking his movements. As per usual, we asked this episode's guest, star recommendation winning author Celia McKinley, to help us review these titles. Here are her thoughts. The first book I read was Blade's Fertile Virgin by Anna Lores, and it certainly hit the ground running when it comes to erotic content. The format and editing are very professionally done, and the writing style is very direct. It's also focused on a very particular theme, breeding, motherhood, breastfeeding, and the like. If that's your thing, you'll love this title. Next is The Wedding Trip by Jordan Xavier. It's about a married woman's fling mo on a trip to India for a wedding, and it features a lot of hot and heavy kissing, which is always a weakness of mine. The narrative perspectives flew around from paragraph to paragraph, which can be a bit jarring, but once, this, once the sex starts, it doesn't let up. It's a breakneck ride all the way through. The last book is Wife Watching, A Hot Wife for Your Adventure by Penelope Kyle. It also plays to a very distinctive kink, in this case, voyeurism and hot wife affairs. It's very dialogue-driven, and the tension steadily builds throughout the story. The escalation from ordinary life to kinky thrills is a little quick, but there's a very genuine affection between the leads that I loved. Those in the Patreon's connoisseurs click will be familiar with Kat. Kat, what did you think of these books? Okay, where do I start? First, can I address the elephant in the room and say there's something a little off with these titles? 
you have the groomer, the stalker, and the cheater. So, let's start with the groomer. Blade's Fertile Virgin is a well-written title with fantastic erotic elements. But where I struggle with this title is relatability towards my own sexual fantasies, and perhaps this book's intended audience. So to loosely go over the plot, a single professional father of a toddler hires a local babysitter to look after his kid. Fine so far, right? Okay, it's her birthday, and sex is on the menu, with this guy with her goal to become pregnant and naturalize her position as the child's mother? Okay, next, the stalker. Now, just because it's a woman who watches, is it okay? For me, no! But it's personal for me because I had a stalker. But let's remember, this is a work of fantasy. Wife Watching by Penelope Kyle is a fantastic read. Lots of erotic moments, and it's well-written. However, having to empathize with the stalker's plight for me was problematic. I hope there's a trigger warning on this title. Finally, we have The Cheater, The Wedding Trip by Jordan Xavier. This one was my favorite. It's not perfect, but it's packed full to the brim with naughty, risky sex scenes. As a reader, I'm grateful for the relatable protagonist and scenarios which would see these characters come together. Once the book ended on a cliffhanger, I felt compelled to read on. Thankfully, a quick search revealed there is actually a sequel in online bookstores ready to purchase. Personally, out of these three books, I would recommend this title. This is most definitely an author to watch. Now, this hasn't happened in a long time, so I'm actually not looking forward to choosing this month's star recommendation because we couldn't find a collective consensus. With that being said, I have my reasons. There will be more on what those are on the Shh Extra Filth show, but for now, let's rate these books. The Wedding Trip is a 4 out of 5. Honestly, these are the sort of books we want to read more of. Easy to recommend compelling erotica, which is mostly well written. Thankfully, the interracial aspect of the book was done respectfully, but still falls short of being the benchmark for other writers to follow. I'm not saying it sounded forced, as much as it didn't add much to the plot for me. The scenes were lengthy with many sex noise descriptions, which I know are triggering for some readers. Blade's Fertile Virgin by Anna Lores is a 4 out of 5. Anticipation, seduction, and execution. There's no denying that this book is superly erotically charged. But sadly, it won't be for everyone. I get that a lot of people don't want to read about younger, inexperienced women in erotica. It's kind of like those sexy stripes have to be earned with age and experience. But I think this book makes lust and those feelings of desire a factor of what should matter. Wife Watching by Penelope Kyle is a 4 out of 5. Dramatic, naughty, and frankly illegal if not in bad taste, our protagonist masturbates to the sex life of her hot colleague on whom she has a crush. Sounds okay if it's all imagined. However, she's actually a voyeur chasing the action for these moments to touch herself. And, of course, these are the exact moments afforded to the reader to do the same if they so wish. Problematic. 
time to pick a winner. This one is extremely tricky, but I'm going to go with Blade's Fertile Virgin for this episode's star recommendation. You can't go wrong with either of the books this month, and this title wasn't perfect. But there was a willingness to commit to a difficult-to-nail niche and deliver. Also, the pace and buildup were impeccable for a title of this length. I'll go deeper on these titles on Shh! Extra Filth on Patreon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you to everyone who submitted their titles. Be sure to check out their books. Links can be found in the description. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Thanks, Di. By the way, excellent job on the last episode of Shh! Extra Filth. I can't put my finger on it, but it sounded sexier and less cheap-ass slutty. Keep up the excellent work. For those of you curious about what content you can get on our Patreon, there are several audiobooks you can't get anywhere else in our exclusive podcasts. Check us out today, and you could be listening to more of this. Headphones are recommended. Hello, sexy people. Cat is on holiday, so it's just me this month, which means two things. One, we'll have the episode go out earlier, and two, I get to show you the vision of what shh, extra filth was supposed to be. Compilations so, can be great the if they are consistent in length, flavor, and narrative. The problem with this is that I don't think you get all three while reading this book, and that's my issue. I can't come out and say that story is brilliant, but that one is shit. Read the whole thing and get a consensus of the quality. It's actually more like if you can't consistently keep me intrigued at this level and give me this level of plot development, then I'm going to be irritated reading this shit. That's just me being honest. Now, when I finished reading this, I thought we were done. But no, we had social links. One for an official website, the other for YouTube. Unfortunately, this was one of the books that suffered from poor execution of the basics. Many of us assumed no editor was involved. However, I suspect a poor one was used as I spotted some inconsistencies and even the apostrophes used, i.e. curly in places, straight in others. The only other thing that could explain those subtle findings is two different word processing programs were used. Perhaps, or parts of dialogue or the story were copied and pasted from somewhere else. I'd like to think this was all original, so I'm going to call as it was, I didn't feel compelled to touch myself. And I think if the other reviewers could be trusted to tell me what their masturbation habits are like, I'm sure they didn't either. I don't want to nerd shame, but the point is Extra filth. The secret erotica podcast. Okay, what shall we do next? Hmm. How about a preview of the Infidelity Diaries? Fuck it, let's do it. Enjoy. Oh, 
Chapter 7 I looked back in the rearview mirror and saw the city getting smaller behind me. I breathed a sigh of relief and turned my attention back to the road ahead of me, my foot gently pushing down on the gas pedal. I had an appointment at the hair salon that was quite far away. I purposely made an appointment with this salon so that I could get out of town and hopefully to meet one of your favorite rock stars. He's interested in you, but he seems totally devoted to his partner. He offers you a one-night stand with him and his woman. Do you A. Take it. She's smoking hot too. Why not? B. Refuse it, but try and slip a number to reach him. C. Attempt to have some fun with another, more accessible bandmate's books and write Celia's interview. I'm actually exhausted now. I'm going to order a pizza, grab a shower, and hopefully get my clit lit tonight. I feel like I deserve it. <laughs> Tell me what you thought about the episode. I know it's different. Reassuringly, I leant over to kiss him on the forehead before rolling up my skirt and leaning back in my seat, asking him to finish the job. Looking unsure of himself, I prompted him once more by pulling my thong to the side, exposing my glossy genitals to his eye level. Moving in, he widened his tongue and lapped from the bottom of my pussy lips to the top of my labia, repeating this move several times before pulling back the hood of my clit to expose it. He used a finger to brush it clumsily, which I hated, prompting me to push him off briefly telling him not to touch me like that. Returning to his oral attack, he was now focused around my labia, his tongue more pointed, prying around and occasionally swiping my clit. He was no vow. At least, not yet. My clit felt hard and swollen beneath the swipes of his tongue. I felt myself getting closer and closer. Then suddenly, he stopped unexpectedly prompting me to open my eyes. Almost instantly, he had dropped his trousers and released Give me your hands, I proclaim, before reaching into my bag to produce my restraints. He happily presented his wrists, with him being reluctant to drag proceedings on further. He lay there expectantly, as every move I made seemed to heighten his pleasure. I placed my clammy foot in his face. And he loved it. I teased him with a squat, inches from his face, which delighted him. Then I realised I was going to have to be more direct if I wanted answers from him. Standing back up, I rested a foot on him, just above his stomach, and spoke to him clearly so he could grasp the gravity of the situation. Sebastian? I need you to tell me something. And it needs to be the truth. Why did you RSVP for the Edenism H event? You deceitful piece of shit. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Please don't forget me. Of course, you always get to talk to the team. So hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. If not, bye. For now, catch you next month.